Hello, church. Welcome to Sunday Sermons. I am Pastor Brett, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Centerbrook, Connecticut, and today's message comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And in this sermon, we'll explore those mountaintop moments with God that we're so lucky to have. Those moments when we realize, ugh, he's real. God is sovereign. He is close. That's the Holy Spirit at work when we are craving more, more God. And if you've ever wondered how that all works, or why, why faith happens, well, Paul tries to give us a glimpse of that in today's letter. And so we'll give that a look. So if you've got your Bible, open it up, take a look at the passage. Remember, it's God's Word, so it's good practice to actually read it when you get the opportunity. But if you don't, here it is. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. A reading from 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature we do not speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age, or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish, but we speak God's wisdom secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human, except the human spirit that is within? So also, no one comprehends what is truly God's, except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. This is a holy reading. Good morning, church. So I know that some of you like me, but I'm still trying to figure out what the heck that's all about. I, I have never said a smart thing in my life, but you keep coming here and coming back. I, I've, I've decided that I'm about as wise as a hamburger. I've got the confidence when I preach of a of a cat getting a bath. I think my, my sermons make as much sense as an empty piggy bank, and yet you come back and back Sunday after Sunday. But I have good news for you because I've decided that despite all of that, that God must, God must work miracles. It must all be the Holy Spirit um, because the, the wonderful news, and I'd, I'd like to just say this. Would you stand up, please, sir? This man, you don't know that He's been so overwhelmed, slain by the Spirit, this man has decided that next week he wants to get baptized. Is that right? 
are we, are we happy? Right? It's the true work of God. The Holy Spirit is good. Thank, thank the Lord. The Holy Spirit is amazing. It's an, it would be an odd way to start any... If you were trying, if you went into a community, it would be an odd way to praise God, wouldn't it? It's this weird rhetoric, right? You say, I'm so horrible. I, I just, I'm so stinky. But God is good. It's, but that's what Paul does today. That's exactly, how, that's, that's his form of rhetoric. Paul gets, writes this letter to the Corinthians, and, and he says, oh my, my. I don't know how any of you came to believe, because the last time I was there, I didn't say anything worth a penny. But here you are, all people of faith. It must be God. You're already baptized, right? 35 years ago. 35 years ago. Okay, great. God bless you. Must be God. He tells the Corinthians that their faith is not because of any, anything any leader has ever said. It's not because of anything any preacher has ever said. And it's certainly not because of anything Paul has ever said to them. I mean, look at the start of this chapter here. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. And I came to you, he says, in weakness and in fear and much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom. And yet all this church, this church born into this spirit, born into faith of Jesus Christ. Here, Paul implies that faith, faith is a gift of the spirit and has nothing to do with us. And he doesn't only imply it here, but elsewhere in the letter, he explicitly says it. He says, if it weren't for the Holy Spirit, not a single person could even utter with the words off their lips, Jesus is Lord. You couldn't even say it if you didn't have the gift of the Holy Spirit in you. If you grew up in in a faith tradition, if Christianity was always part of your family or part of your culture, maybe you haven't had this experience. But if you came to faith late or if you came into a realization of the power of faith at a point in your life, into a revolution of faith, a re-evolution of faith in your life, a recommitment. Maybe you can understand this experience. Where you, a moment where you can realize or remember that, that moment when you recognize that God is more than an idea. Has anyone had that experience? I know some of you are converts to the faith. Some of you came late in life to faith, and some of you were born into it, but some of you have shared experiences that were so powerful in which you recognize that God is an overwhelming, overwhelmingly more than just an, an idea of presence, that it is a power, that it is a being, a force for good in your life, that God is love as we t- were learning in Bible study today. That you recognize this, and then you realize that this is something worth submitting to, that you submit to the divineness of that. And, and you grow sort of this divine curiosity where all of a sudden you start craving more. You crave more God and you crave this deeper relationship with God and you crave more 
relationship and you crave more knowledge and you crave more healing because that comes from relationship and you crave more worship and you crave because you have submitted to this thing that you may not fully comprehend or fully understand but you have experienced has anyone been there and it's something that has called to you and is saying more I shared this in a sermon four years ago. It was my second sermon after I was called here. And I may have shared it once more after that. I don't remember. But it's, my, it's, a, it's literally my story of God calling. And so if you heard it already. Um, but before I, I went to seminary, I was at Sikorsky. I was uh, five years in uh, final assembly, manufacturing, production control, all that stuff. And... And it was a long day at the factory, and I was ex- just one of those days where you're just unbelievably tired. And, and I left work, and all I could think about was getting home to bed to just go, just crash for the rest of the night. And, and I realized I didn't even know if I could make it home. I was so tired. And I called a buddy of mine. I said, I need to just crash on your couch. I'm not going to make it to my apartment. So I get to his house, and he lived on the top of this tall mountain. And, um, and it was a cold winter day, blistery cold. It was getting dark, and I get to his house, and I get to the couch. I pull the blanket up, and I go to sleep, and a voice says, you got to go for a walk. And at this point in my life, I am pretty new to this faith thing. I, I grew up in the faith, but I'm new to this deep relationship with God thing, this recommitment to God thing. And so I had heard that Christians have conversations with God, and this voice was as clear as day. Get up, go for a walk. He said, no. I could not sleep. And it's one of those things where, like, you have to do it. Otherwise, you're never going to get to the thing you want to do. So I get up, and I put on my boots and my coat and my gloves and my hat. And I get to the door. My buddy says, where are you going? And I say, I don't know. (laughs) So I go to the door. I go to the end of the driveway. I say, Lord, I guess if this is a moment, like, if this is a holy moment, like, I'm ready for this. I've been craving this thing that everyone talks about. And I'm ready for this experience, so uh, I'm ready. Where do you want me to go? And it's silent, silent. So, okay, so I go down the road, and I get to the end of the road, and I'm like, okay, Lord, up the mountain, down the mountain, which way? Silent. So I go down the mountain, and I'm, I'm telling God, like, Lord, if you've got something to say, now is a good time. <laughs> Nothing. And I get at the bottom of the mountain, there's a 7-Eleven. I say, Lord, is it okay if I get a cup of coffee? Because I'm already here. You know, one Splenda cream. Get my coffee. I go back up the mountain. Waste of my time. And it's, uh, I'm like 25 minutes in now. And right before... I get back to the house. There's this clearing because the next lot they're developing a house. They're putting in a new house, so they cut down a bunch of trees. 
And it's the only spot at the top of the mountain that you could see over the mountain into the valley. And I'm about to walk down the driveway and I stop and I look over this clearing and right there is just this most incredible sunset. And I see the rays and I see the clouds in front of it and I see it lighting up the valley and I almost cry. Because to me it was like God, literally God had woken me up and said you have to spend 30 minutes doing something so you can get back for this because I painted this for you. It was, my, it was my moment here. Just the deepest connection to the holiness I think I had ever had. And, and there was no, and here's the thing, it was no, there was no wisdom in the moment like Paul talks about. There was no philosophy, no preachers, no, no theology. It was just me and sort of the Holy Spirit tapping me on the shoulder and saying, I'm here, and I am your God. And all my life has been since then a search for this experience again. And finding them in all of these places all around the world in my life. And I picked this text to preach today, and let's be honest, no one understood what the heck what the heck you were hearing when the reader was speaking about what Paul was saying because all these long run-on sentences and, and you have to read this letter a million times before you can make sense of what Paul is trying to say. But I, I, I picked it because of this, this, one, this one verse here. This one verse here. Paul says, Here in verse 10, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And you realize all of a sudden in that moment that all things belong to God. That your faith belongs to God. And even your desire and your craving to be with God and to know God more, even that is God's doing. Because it's the Holy Spirit inside of you calling home to God, is what Paul says. That your longing for God is itself an act of God. The Spirit calling home. Or as one commentator says, the very Spirit of God speaks to the revived human spirit because those that belong to Christ have the spirit within them and among them so that the deep speaks to the deep. So how do we receive faith? We receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit knows the depths of God intimately. And the Holy Spirit knows us intimately and they are one. And the Holy Spirit, she makes us one, one with God. And because of Christ, we are never not one with God, not because of our sin, not because of our brokenness, not because of our death, nothing. 
Nothing ever separates that oneness through the Holy Spirit because of Christ. And so if we have oneness with God because of the Holy Spirit, because she's given that gift to us, if we have a craving for holiness and an intimacy with God through the Holy Spirit, this craving for holiness, what do we do with it? How do we find it? What do we do? Well, since we're New England Protestants, we probably don't do anything with it. (laughs) Let's be honest. But Jesus tells us that if we want to be faithful, we can follow all the laws and all the prophets. That's what he says in today's gospel, right? Follow the laws and follow the prophets. But he says all the time in the scriptures, we've seen it elsewhere in the gospels, what does he say? What does the summarized law and the prophets mean? You can summarize it in one sentence. What does it mean to follow the law? Love God and love your neighbor. What do you do with it? That craving to be with God, to know God deeper, to be in relationship with God. If you want that, then love God and love your neighbor. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus says. You are the city on the hill. You are the light of the world. He says, so let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your God in heaven. So church, may we fall so in love with God that we be the light of the world and respond accordingly, loving God and loving neighbor because our longing for the depths of God Leave us with no other choice but love. Hey, thanks for listening. And I pray that you have your own mountaintop moment that leaves you craving for more God and that the Holy Spirit pushes you into a deeper relationship with the Lord. You know, the scriptures teach that God also craves a relationship with you. Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew that God is like a A shepherd who leaves the 99 sheep chasing even one sheep who wanders. And I pray that that your wandering spirit makes its way to a faith community. And if you're ever near Centerbrook, Connecticut, and you're looking for a place to worship, we'd love to have you with us at Trinity Lutheran Church on Sunday mornings at 8 and 10. And if you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at tlccenterbrook.org. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Brett Herzog Bitkowski. Or email me your prayer requests or your scripture verses that you'd like to hear preached on at brett at tlccenterbrook.org. And as always, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. God bless.